0: Mountain. if I get on the rig, there's a way inside. What is your name? It's Nux. I'll pike her in the spine. Keep her breathing for you. No. Put a your skull. Stop the rig. Return my treasures to me. And I, myself, will carry you to the gates of Valhalla. I'm high You will ride eternal, shining and cruel. <laughs>
1: Welcome to The Rank with John and Zach. I'm John. I'm Zach. We've been friends since Cub Scouts, and now 30 years later, we decided to start a podcast where we'll be ranking anything and everything. You know, the natural progression of events for millennials.
0: You're probably wondering what credentials we have to rank anything. Well, we don't have any. And if you disagree, <laughs> join the discussion at Twitter, at, at The Rank Podcast, on our website at com or email us at the rank with John and Zach at protonmail.com.
1: You can also support us on Patreon at the rank podcast. And remember, please rate, review and subscribe so we can keep this thing going. Anyway, enjoy the show. So so there's a lot of disturbing parts of that movie. Like very like, oh, that's not fun to look at.
0: No, yeah. But a Morton Joe, super hot. Um I don't know who that is. Joe, he's the, he's the main oh one. no, okay, sorry. I, I, I thought I thought I thought his name was Morton. Morton like like, you know, Mort and his last name was Joe. And I was like, that's a fun name, but I don't know who it is. No, yeah, I get it. I remember now. He's he's great. <laughs> yeah, he's he's great. No, they did a good job because uh, you know, the you're supposed to feel uneasy. Because, you know, this is not good, you know? This isn't like a system in a society you're supposed to feel, you know, is is a good thing. So just right off the bat, they're setting you up for, yeah, this is fucked. Wait, you don't think this is a good society? I mean, it's good if you're a Morton Joe, I guess. But <laughs> <laughs> anyone else, anyone else except for maybe that one son, I it just didn't feel as good. And actually, the fat guy with the—I well, don't know if he had—gout or what he had—but the you know elephantitis legs, he seemed to be having it. He seemed to have it okay. And then the other, the other guy who got blinded when a uh, Furiosa shot through his light. I guess he also seemed to be in charge. So basically, if you're the big man,
1: yeah, yeah. Basically, if you're in charge, it's it's yay for you, and
0: for nobody else. <laughs> Literally nobody else yeah the apocalypse it's not like something I want to be in what about you
1: no it doesn't seem fun you know (laughs) it's funny because like I think sometimes you see stuff like that and you think you know I'd survive I'd be the one that's like oh yeah like on top and then you you actually think more deeply and are a little bit more introspective and you go no, I wouldn't. Yep,
0: <laughs> I'd be dead immediately.
1: Yep, I'd either be dead immediately or I'd be the people that are like, "Please give me some water, Joe."
0: Yeah. Desperate, please. We're dying of thirst. And then um, it's like when people people like to propose. Well, how? What would you do in a zombie apocalypse? All this stuff. And I'm like, I'd fucking die. That's what I would do. <laughs> I don't even want to have this discussion because I know I'd be dead very quickly. I'm barely alive in the real world, <laughs> and this is just regular. <laughs>
1: yeah yeah it's uh you know i'll tell you it doesn't um
0: it doesn't make it look fun no (laughs) in fact the first part the first bits of this movie especially before you get used to the whole the whole feeling of it is it was like unnerving to me i was like this is so upsetting like every other shot was like designed to make you feel icky
1: yeah it was um he had a, a definite like thing that he was looking for here and mm-hmm. it was uh, it was basically like an action movie
0: that's a horror movie mm-hmm. kind of sort of yeah it definitely had some body horror elements to it that were pretty intense at times
1: and you know i get that like you shouldn't look at anybody's body and and consider it horror but um you know, it's... I'm sorry. Look, I know it's not nice, but, like, if you've got boils all over your body, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I feel bad for you. Also, like, I don't, I don't want to look at them.
0: Mm-hmm. You know?
1: Sorry. <laughs> you know, maybe that makes me a bad person, but...
0: Uh, well, just... um, we'll probably get to it when we talk about... When we get to this, like, when we're doing the, re- you know, the in-depth synopsis of the movie, but uh, it was interesting because... Immortan Joe, he's he's like he's you know he's got all sorts of, all those boils like you mentioned. I don't know if it's radiation or what, but then they put like body armor over it, but it's clear.
1: Yeah, Which, I know, but but then it has like the the abs and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, that's true. You know, it's kind of funny. His, but, I will say, it's very creative the mm-hmm. outfits that they came up with.
0: Yeah, it's, yeah, most of them have a definite feeling to them that's, like, I liked how a lot of them were, like, had, like, a like a cobbled-together feeling, like, everything in this movie is cobbled together, like, they just use whatever they find to, you know, and meld it on top of other things, and...
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: I can't think of the word. Oh, what's it called when you attach metal to metal? Weld? Weld. Weld. Um. I would not this is why i would not survive long in this universe because i don't i I don't know the word weld they'd be like here work on this car and i'd be like "Hmm? what's that well
1: here's a funny little anecdote for you my dad you know i told you he builds cars right Mm -hmm. and um he he built this one and the first one he ever built right he he, it was like a little little, tiny hot rod you know Mm -hmm. and um the seats were (laughs) bowling alley seats
0: Mm-hmm.
1: all right so they i mean it was like anyway one of the his favorite jokes to do would he would get people in it because people wanted to ride around and you know and he would get people in it going going f- decently fast and then he would turn to him and be like i learned how to weld on this because <laughs> like he didn't did know how, you know, like
0: you didn't know how before yep he did not he learned how to weld building that car it's, it's, among the things that one teaches oneself normally is welding
1: yeah exactly
0: i don't even know where to go to get welding equipment but you know yeah my
1: dad's just like i'm gonna build a car now so uh, i guess i'll learn how to weld seems dangerous but
0: whatever yeah I'm, i'm trying to put together like a birdhouse with with tools right now and i'm having some difficulty with my birdhouse so
1: yeah well you know he's got what 40 years of working with tools 50 years of working with tools under his belt anyway let's dive into the movie here under his tool belt (laughs) that's right under his tool belt oh um well if you don't know by now uh by our conversation or by the name of the episode (laughs) we're ranking mad max fury road the 2015 film starring tom hardy and charlize theron written by Brendan McCarthy, Nick LaThuris, and George Miller who also directed it. It was nominated for 10 Academy Awards, which that's a lot of nominations. Here's the crazy part. It won six. Mm. So it won 60% of its nominations. The ones it won, Best Makeup and Hairstyling, Best Costume Design, Best Film Editing, Best Sound Editing, Best Sound Mixing, and Best Production Design. The ones that it was nominated for but didn't win, Best Cinematography, Best
0: Director, Best Visual Effects, and, of course, Best Picture. What did win Best Cinematography that year? I don't
1: know. Have we not? It wasn't Brooklyn. It wasn't Bridge of Spies, and it wasn't the big short. So we have not seen it yet. So We haven't seen it yet. We'll find out, I'm sure. I would imagine whatever won Best Cinematography was probably nominated for Best Picture. Mm -hmm. I don't think that anything wins Best Cinematography that was not nominated for Best Picture, but I could be wrong. Um, All right, so Mad Max Free Road is set in a desolate wasteland where resources are scarce. The movie follows the story of Max Rokitansky, a loner haunted by his past. Max finds himself caught in the middle of a conflict when he crosses paths with an... Imperator Furiosa, a rebel warrior who is attempting to liberate a group of captive women from the tyrannical rule of a Morton Joe. As Max reluctantly joins forces with Furiosa, they embark on a high octane chase across the desert in heavily armored vehicles, pursued by a Morton Joe and his ruthless war party. Along the way, they encounter various factions and face intense battles while striving to reach a fabled Greenland, a potential safe haven. So, Mad Max: Fury Road is our fourth episode in our Best Picture series, and it's a really unique pick for Best Picture. Mm-hmm. I think. Um, I remember that I wasn't all that invested in seeing it until I saw it had an excellent Rotten Tomato score, and I was, and so Sarah and I went, and we were both blown away at the time.
0: Right.
1: Yeah. Um, I didn't think there was any way that it would be nominated for Best Picture, you know,
0: for really for any
1: Oscars. I just you just don't think of this type of movie as mm-hmm. one that would be nominated. Plus it came out in the summer, and those usually aren't uh Oscar Bait, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so it wasn't because it wasn't good, but just because yeah, it's just not usually the type of movie. But boy was I wrong. <laughs> I mean, not only was it nominated for best picture, but it was but for nine other categories.
0: Yeah. <laughs> None <laughs> of the acting categories I saw though.
1: Yeah, isn't that interesting? So this is another movie that we're going to end up having two episodes for because we'll definitely end up ranking it for our action movie series as well. So look out for that listeners. Mm-hmm. Um, would it could it end up topping both lists?
0: One one we'll have we'll have to wait and see.
1: Yeah. Um now if you'd like to hear any episodes in that list or just see the current rankings, you can go to our website at therankwithjohnandzack.com and you can see the rankings there. But, uh, okay, Lyndon, what's next? So, as always, we're going to start with the box office. Mad Max Fury Road made $154.1 million domestically and $261.2 million internationally for a worldwide total of $415.3 million, which is a lot. Mm Mm-hmm. But the budget for this movie was $150 million, hmm. which is a gigantic budget. Yeah. So it was definitely a hit, but surprising that it only like it only barely made its money back domestically.
0: Yeah, it's kind of funny.
1: Yeah. Um, and probably really didn't if you just took the domestic portion of it, because I, I don't think that the budget includes marketing.
0: No, yeah, that's my understanding as well.
1: Now, for anybody who has listened to our action movie ranking series, you'll know that this next notable appeals to Dac and I's sensibilities. Over 80% of the effects seen in the film are practical effects, including stunts, makeup, and sets. CGI was basically only used to enhance the landscape, remove stunt rigging, and for Charlize's arm.
0: Oh, I was like, "What's wrong with her arm?" But I remember the <laughs> <from> character. <laughs> I thought because I, I heard you said Charlize's arm, and I was like, Char- "What's Charlize's arm?" Anyway. Oh, Furiosa's arm. You're right. I should have said it that way. Uh, I mean, it's okay. It's just I I thought something. Oh something no, really I really awful fucked awful it up, and I'm sorry. Know? No, you really did, and you should apologize again.
1: Um, now the musician who played the flame shooting guitar, Sean Hape said that the guitar weighed 132 pounds and shot real gas-powered flames, which he controlled using the whammy bar.
0: <laughs> okay. That is an intense gig. <laughs> it really is. Um, like, I, I I assume that that's where a lot of the budget went. It's not the guitar, but this stuff, you know, like the uh, manufacturing of all this presumably custom stuff, all the cars, yeah. and everything else, like This is not stuff that you can just go get so
1: no no yeah you can't just like go to crazy cars r us and (laughs) (laughs) rent these things Um,
0: i I wish you could (laughs)
1: um now counting the opening voiceovers and discounting any grunts max (laughs) rokotansky has exactly 52 lines in this
0: yeah he doesn't talk very much does
1: he (laughs) he really doesn't um now regarding the look of the film director George Miller laid down two stipulations for the production to follow. Firstly, the cinematography would be as colorful as possible in order to differentiate the film from other post-apocalyptic movies, Mm -hmm. which typically have bleak, desaturated colors. During pre-production though, the initial concept was for a black and white film. Mm -hmm. However, producers strongly advised against this as they believed it would deter audiences. They would eventually release uh, a black and white version. So. When I was reading about this, I was like, this is contradictory. Mm -hmm. You're saying that he was like, it needs to be colorful, but I want it in black and white. Yeah. Um, So it was really weird. But secondly, the art direction would be as beautiful as possible as Miller reasoned, that people living in the post-apocalypse would try to find whatever scraps of beauty they could in their meager environment, which I thought was a really cool touch. And I think it kind of worked. I mean, you actually talked about it at the beginning here, how they you know, like welded things on top of other things and like they tried to make beauty in a in a bad environment, right? Mm -hmm. So Tom Hardy suffered a broken nose during filming when Charlize Theron accidentally elbowed him. She was wearing a green arm cast at the time, which was used so the graphic art uh the graphic artist could digitally remove Furiosa's arm. Mm -hmm. Now, I couldn't find when during the filming that happened. This will uh I'll explain why I want to know. So first of all, it was filmed in sequence, right? Mm -hmm. So there's a, well, we'll keep going because this gets kind of wild. So here's a fun little Tom Hardy notable. According to Rosie Huntington-Whiteley, whenever Mm -hmm. she or the other wives' clothes slipped, Tom Hardy would never tell them directly. Instead, he would act out a cartoonish, eye-popping-out action to let them know. Mm
0: -hmm. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Okay. he stopped just short of shouting awooga right exactly
1: <laughs> um so here's a fun little like character tidbit thing uh to prepare themselves to go into battle ready to sacrifice their lives for morton joe the war bo- the war boys spray their lips and teeth with a silver substance yeah right so it's very much like common spray paint both the war boys and Immortan Joe often speak about this as though it is a religious ritual, saying it will allow them to enter the gates of Valhalla, shiny and chrome, right? Mm-hmm. So in a 2015 interview, actor Hugh, whatever his last name is, the guy who plays Immortan Joe,
0: mm-hmm. said
1: that this practice, which, was the, which the war boys think is purely rich, ritualistic, actually involves the inhalation of a very euphoric drug. That keeps the war boys high and suicidally devoted to Morton Joe. I thought this was kind of cool. Another yeah. clue to the spray's narcotic properties is the fact that chrome and chroming are Australian slang terms
0: for inhalant abuse. See that? I wonder if that's like a lot more obvious in Australia for that reason. I kind of assumed it was some kind of drug or not or some or some sort of restorative property or something. I, yeah, I thought
1: I thought it was like, like a yeah like a like a speed you know
0: yeah like adrenaline or I don't know right
1: exactly but uh George Miller said that he got the idea for this from for this from Australian filmmaker David Bradbury's 1981 Vietnam War documentary Frontline in which Cambodian soldiers preparing for battle suspend small Jade figurines of Buddha from their mouths with little straps Mm -hmm. yeah all right so here's here's why I was curious when Charlize broke Tom Hardy's nose because Tom Hardy and Charlize Theron feuded during this entire filming. <laughs> really? Yeah. Charlize claimed that she was quote scared shitless of him. Nicholas Holt explained that because of their feud, quote it was a tense atmosphere at times. It was kind of like you're on your summer holidays and and the adults in the front of the car are arguing. To which Charlize actually responded, quote He's right. It was like two parents in the front of the car. We were either Fighting or we were icing each other. I don't know which one is worse. And they had to deal with it in the back. It was horrible. We should not have done that. We should have been better. I can own up to that.
0: Does it so say what they
1: were about? Oh, yeah. We were, this is basically the rest of the Poet Notables. So other members of the crew stated that Tom, it was is a is a provocative person and Charlize just isn't and that Tom wanted mm-hmm. justification for every stunt and Charlize was basically like I get it I want to fucking kill this guy let's go basically so basically it was a clash right mm-hmm. now George Miller added to this by saying many years ago I had the privilege of working with Jack Nicholson on Witches of Eastwick where he was playing the devil and he said you know we think as actors that we don't bring it home at night <laughs> we think we just leave it in the trailer when I can't do Jack Nicholson. We think we just leave it in the trailer when we walk off set. But the truth is, if you're doing your job properly, you do bring it home.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And that was one of the dynamics that was happening in the film. So this is what, that's what George Miller said. Mm-hmm. But Charlize responded by saying, because of my own fear, we were putting up walls to protect ourselves instead of saying to each other, fuck, this is scary for you. And it's scary for me too. Let's be nice to each other. Mm -hmm. We were functioning in a weird way like our characters. Everything was about survival. So reading further into this, it was very clear that the crew was on Charlize's side in this feud. Mm -hmm. Saying things like, quote, Tom was more in his trailer a lot of the time and would come out for the takes. And sometimes not on time either. You're like, come on, it's midnight. We want to go home, end quote. Mm -hmm. But there was a moment on set where things really came to blows. Charlize and Tom were supposed to be at the war rig at 8 a.m. And Charlize got there right at 8 and stayed knowing that Tom wasn't going to be there on time. Even though they had apparently made a special request, quote, special request for him to be on time, which <laughs> is like, um you have to special request that? Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, he was essentially no- notorious for never being on time in the morning. The crew felt that he was being deliberately provocative, right? So after an hour goes by, the crew asks Aurelie if she wants to get out of the rig and walk around or something, and she says that she's going to stay. The crew felt like she was making a point on their behalf and she didn't go anywhere. Just sat in the rig. It gets to 11 o'clock. 11. Uh. This is three hours and she's been sitting there the whole time in full makeup and costume and Tom Hardy starts walking up you know, apparently without any sense of urgency and Charlize <laughs> lost it. She jumped out of the rig and sc- and just started screaming at him. This is what she said. Find the fucking cunt $100,000 for every minute that, they- that he's Held up this crew. <laughs> How disrespectful are you, right? Mm-hmm. So she's pissed. Tom apparently charged up to her very aggressively and yelled back, "What did you say to me?" <laughs> so, according to the crew, that was a turning point, right? Because, like, it looked like it was kind of scary. Yeah, and because Charlize felt actually really threatened at that point, and uh, and she said she wanted f- someone for protection and requested a female producer to be with her all the time. So specifically female, because she wanted, you know, like somebody that would understand why she was fearful, you know? Mm -hmm. So Tom Hardy eventually apologized saying, quote, in hindsight, I was in over my head in many ways. The pressure on both of us was overwhelming at times. What she needed was a better, perhaps more experienced partner in me. That's something that can't be faked. I'd like to think that now that I'm older and uglier, I could use, I could rise to that occasion. Mm -hmm. end quote which and i'm sure he was feeling defensive doesn't feel like all that much of an apology yeah (laughs) you know um but mark Golnick, i'm not sure if i pronounced his last name right who was a camera operator and pretty unafraid to talk about what happened um which you know more power to him said that soon after the blow-up Quote, the scene where you see Tom with Charlize on the bike and all the wives behind was probably the biggest change in seeing Tom really soften to Charlize in real life. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: We were all unprepared for how he performed that. And then I walked off and Charlize was like, was walking back. And I said, gee, Charlize, that was amazing. Did a light switch go off? He was great. She was quite taken aback by it, too. The day we shot that, I got such goosebumps. You really felt this change in their mood. Just the mm-hmm. way they were talking to each other. Off camera, I went, What the fuck? Who gave them Molly? He was <laughs> he was a different person by the end, a lot easier to deal with, a lot more cooperative, more compassionate. He's such a method actor that I think he took the arc in the literal sense. So this actually makes this all you know that might make a little bit of sense in turn ter- because they filmed it in sequence, right? Uh-huh. So he could actually do the arc method, right? On the other hand. After the film debuted at the Cannes Film Festival, Tom Hardy apologized to George Miller saying, quote, For seven months, I think the most complicated or most frustrating thing was trying to know what George wanted me to do at any given minute so I could fully transmute his vision. Because he's orchestrating such a huge vehicle, literally, in so many departments, because all the vehicles are moving and the whole movie is just motion. I have to apologize to you because I got frustrated. There was mm-hmm. no way that George could have explained what he, what he could see in the sand when we were out there. I knew he was brilliant, but I didn't quite know how brilliant. End quote. So I think there may have been more than just method. It seems like there may have been a little bit of petulance. Yeah. So anyway, that was their feud, which um kind of wild, right? Yeah. <laughs> but I don't know at what point he she broke his nose. And I wonder, like, is that maybe why he was getting sort of angry? You know. Yeah. Um. I, I will say it doesn't make him look very good. Um, but I, I'll leave everybody with this as the last point notable. The cake decorating company Wilton makes a decorative color mist in silver that is meant to be sprayed onto baked goods to give them a silver sheen. Before May 2015, the m the Amazon listing for this product contained a few pages of reviews only from bakers opining on the quality of the product when mm-hmm. used as intended on cakes after the release of mad max fury road uh, both the comments section and faq on the amazon listing were filled with comments from users posting as though they were war boys or a morton joe quote unquote reviewing the product <laughs> that the war boys spray onto their mouths before going into battle
0: mm-hmm.
1: so i i checked it um to see like to count how many pages were still like that, but I it was too long. So I'm just gonna go with what I read here. And it was as of mid-June 2015. Uh there were 19 pages of Mad Max related quote unquote reviews of the Wilton product on Amazon. Okay, then <laughs> so here's the crazy part. There are t- there are actually tons more potent notables, but since we're going to be doing this movie again at some point for our action yeah. movie series, I figured I'd leave some some for that. So yeah. listeners. You'll just have to listen to that one if you want to hear more. Coming out someday. But yeah, those are the potent Notables. Kind of nuts, right? (laughs) So, sorry, I know that was like a lot of talking just with me. Um, I didn't mean to do quite so much. I just kind of got into it when I was reading about it. Well, anyway, let's get into the movie overview. Movie Overview. This is an intense narration intro.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, it was kind of, I was like, oh, I, I I saw it and it's been a long time since I saw it. And I was still just like, oh shit, this is a, I mean, the opening sequence, I just feel like I'm like, this is the best picture nominee. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. And what was he eating by the way?
0: It's a lizard. It was gross. <laughs> it was like a two headed lizard of some kind. Right.
1: Yeah. It was, uh, not anything I'd want to have in my mouth,
0: but, uh, well, you know, I think you can, uh, you can't afford to be quite as picky when it's the post-apocalyptic times, right? Which is why I would just be okay with dying. <laughs> One of the many reasons. <laughs> um, two-headed lizards being a reason, but perhaps not the main reason. eating them raw, yeah. Ill- illustrative of the concept that I would be okay dying. But um, that the opening shot of this movie, though, can I just point oh it's so striking? It came yeah, the movie came on, and I was like, Fuck, yeah, this is <laughs> yeah, not only does it look cool, it's like just gorgeous to look at, it kind of speaks to the George Miller saying that he wanted it to be colorful because the colors were just incredible.
1: Yeah. And it, and it also really gives you the feeling that, you know, that they're looking for, that he's in a post-apocalyptic wasteland.
0: Mm-hmm. And you have a stark it,
1: beauty to it. It's so intense right mm-hmm. away, you know? Because, I mean, he's just he's just standing there, and you you see he's like, he senses something, right? He looks behind him after mm-hmm. he's blithered, and then he gets in the car and starts to go. Mm-hmm. And then and then we're and then we're off,
0: right? Yeah, exactly. And never lets up after
1: that. And this um, is,
0: I, I it occurred to me the science fiction uh, entry that we did uh some weeks ago, Aliens, um, has extraordinarily little action throughout the first part of the movie. And I, I looked up at one point and I was like, this movie is already like at eleven as far <laughs> as action scenes go, and then I'm at minute twenty-eight.
1: I know, I know it was <laughs> I, the whole time I kept thinking, like, I, okay, I can't watch this like it's an action movie. I'm mm-hmm. watching it for best picture yeah, um, yeah. categories. It's, like, really hard not to, though. It's a lot. <laughs> I mean, the whole time, I, honestly, I was like, man, I can't wait to do this one for action movies. Yeah. <laughs>
0: um,
1: but it's, uh, yeah, it's, now, I don't actually, so I know you, you hadn't seen it before, but I don't remember him being so haunted by his past. Um, it's an interesting piece of this you know yeah. um but so yeah they capture them right um
0: they bring them back <laughs> they're hooking them up to be a blood bag yeah it's it's funny because you know action right off the off the bat and then your hero loses right off the bat yeah <laughs> and, and kind of escapes but then doesn't escape right I know I thought that
1: was really interesting that like he gets away and it's like mm-hmm. really in like an intense chase and then he jumps out onto that hook and then mm-hmm. just nothing.
0: Just does yeah, nothing for him. That's what's striking me. It's like highlighting the futility of of this world, the way that like you can try your best and still never escape it. Yeah. Um I like the touch right here where it has his medical information tattooed on. His yeah. <laughs> And they even say that they're reading it, you know, for part of it. Apparently they can read in this movie. Um, not all <laughs> not all post-apocalyptic action movies that we've seen recently can everyone read. <laughs> Apparently they can read here. Um, and they mentioned so these. For, these for our listeners, numbers. that's oh. a
1: reference to uh, episode 20 of the action films, which is Robot Jocks.
0: Yes. Just so you know. Just check the, it out. Check out. Unless you, I mean, if you can read, then... You don't need to read, because you can just listen. Um, Yeah, uh, his medical information, it mentions his universal donor status, which I guess just means he has an O-negative blood type. It does say O-negative on it. I kind of tried to read part of it, but I couldn't really make any of it out. I didn't feel like going back.
1: Yeah, I didn't go back either, but I did see that it said universal donor and O-negative
0: on it. Um, Yeah, and then the fact that he's just a fucking blood bag as you said. They keep calling them a blood bag. I'm like, that's fucked up. It's an immediate look into the fact that this society does not consider everyone human.
1: Right. At least not uh not the Immortan Joe Society.
0: Well yeah Uh, that's it's that's kind of what I mean when I you know because they seem very unaware of other whether or not there even are other settlements of people outside of their immediate environs.
1: And then we see Joe who looks absolutely disgusting. <laughs> uh like what a world that's already been created you know? mm-hmm. and th- that's crazy to me is like he's been able to create this world with almost entirely action yeah you know so you're you're just sort of picking this up and the scraps that he's giving you
0: you know yeah but, not a lot of uh A lot of world building, but not a lot of background and lore. It's mostly just just you see what you see, and you kind of have to jump work from there.
1: But it's so good at being engaging that you 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 want to pick up on those things so that you Mm -hmm. can understand. Yeah. Um, But uh, I what I the only thing that I, I just I didn't quite get is why is Joe a full life, and the War Boys are half lives.
0: Um, I know they know.
1: talked about half life in the beginning, and I and I'm sure it has something to do with them, you know, growing tumors right away. But how do you know, like, which one is a full life and which one is a half life?
0: Um, that's a good question. I'm not sure I caught on to either of those terms being used particularly, except one time one of the wives says, you know, says the word half life, and I had thought that she said it in substitution to the word life as in, you know, one's life, but, um, my, uh, to answer your question, I, I would, I would guess that Joe is a full life because he's, uh, in charge. You know? Well, so. right. I, but I'm saying
1: like, why is he
0: a full life? And the... so all the war boys are half-lives and they mm-hmm. use them
1: because they're going to die anyway. So they use them to, to do his bidding basically. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, it's, it's, a it's an interesting, like, um, dimension you know to Mm -hmm. this world but i i guess i i I would like to have been made to understand it a little bit better
0: yeah um well they're making some
1: more at least right they're supposed to be um tom hardy said he signed on for three more movies
0: yeah and Um, i know they're making furiosa i just don't know how far they've gotten with that
1: yeah i don't either Uh, i'd be curious to to see it i'm
0: I'm curious
1: i want to see it (laughs) <laughs> mm-hmm. This was incredible. Um, but Joe has built himself quite a temple here.
0: Yeah. The uh the immediately pseudo-religious, not even pseudo-religious, it's absolutely religious. Yeah. Worship of him. Um <laughs> punctuated by the fact that he controls their access to water. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty messed up. And this is my favorite bit. This is obviously a very autocratic sort of top-down society, right? And Immortan Joe is either the god or the pharaoh or something at like the him. top. You're he's right. the king at the very least, right? He controls their access to water. He gives them a tiny bit of water, probably not enough for all of them, and a lot of them have to scoop it up off out of the mud. And he says, "Don't get addicted to water." To all yeah. Yeah. Don't let it. Blah 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 blah. And I can only imagine he gets as much water as he wants. Of course but he does. He's got he's got plants growing up there. Yep. And uh, but don't get it. And it just reminds me of the way that. The top of our society sometimes acts like they are allowed excess and any access to wait let me let me say that again so I don't the homonyms there um, <laughs> the homophones I should say they they are allowed any excess they want, but just getting basic requirements for life for the people at the bottom is like entitlement and uh that might be me reading my well own they, they need to, they,
1: they need to work for it.
0: Zach. yeah yeah so they're just yeah, lazy that,
1: that's the only reason they're not billionaires
0: yeah they're all entitled water queens
1: but yeah we get some weird shit here that's for sure we got women hooked up to
0: milkers you that know? was you know like ugh, such that's what i that's what i mean when i when i, when I mentioned pe- like the the visceral way that they're treating people's bodies tom, tom uh max i don't know why i called him tom hardy max is only good for his blood these women are only good for their the milk that they produce i mean it's grotesque right it is quite grotesque and the the only thing i can think
1: is that could we find out that like joe's breeders are missing which is why he's so upset Mm -hmm. his wives the only thing i can think is that these women that are hooked up to the milkers Mm -hmm. are women that were previously his breeders
0: Mm -hmm. you know and they've
1: he's kept them
0: milking the only the only Thing I really know about like uh, wet nurses is what I you know in fantasy books that take place in like medieval contexts, um, you know, just poor servant women who happens to have had a kid at some point or another um, would would do that. And really, as long as you don't ever stop, uh, you, you'll continue to lactate for as long as
1: well. Right. As that, long as something's sucking on you, you're you're going to keep going. <laughs> that sounds really gross, the way to put it, but it's true.
0: <laughs> Some of us can only keep going for so long when it's being sucked on, you know what I mean? <laughs> so, yeah, now Joe has
1: decided he's gonna go to war because he realizes that Furiosa has uh has stolen his ladies, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Kept them for herself, Charlize, you naughty girl. <laughs> So they so the war dogs, they all want to be part of the war party, right? They they want to be
0: uh they wanna be in it because they're so uh they love Joe. Um, they love Joe, they love war. Yeah. They love everything except cancer.
1: And they decide to take he decides that he's gonna take Max, his mm-hmm. blood bag, with him. Mm-hmm. And they strap him to the front of the car. <laughs>
0: Face seems like, seems like a logical place for something that's important, like your blood supply.
1: It was, what a crazy, like, just what a crazy thing. Like, the imagery of that is just nuts.
0: The imagery of that, and then also, like, this movie is already visually, like, kinetic as hell. um yeah. This is also where we see the... The war drummers, which is a thing, which is fine, because you know there have been guys drumming other guys to war for time immemorial, right? right. Um, this one also has it—a war electric guitarist, though, <laughs> who's connected <laughs> that does to,
1: thrash metal.
0: Yeah, metal, like, and he's like connected to war speakers, like, and his war guitar shoots out war flames. It's ridiculous. <laughs> it's it's mm-hmm. like. You know, I saw, like, some stuff, like, some uh, some spoofed kind of stuff about this movie back when it came out. And I thought, I was like, this all can't be really be in the movie. It just was suggested, and this is, like, an extreme version. Most of it was just kind of a shot-for-shot shot lifting. <laughs> because it's not possible to get more extreme than this. This is, like... Whoa. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, you can sort of see how these war boys are able to get themselves so amped up. I mean, the amps are right there. but um so amped up about going to war for joe because this is this is spectacle you know what i mean
1: yeah yeah i it's 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 kind of impressive it's thought it's actually pretty thoughtful you know Mm -hmm. because it's all you know there's not much it's flash over Mm -hmm. substance right um which is joe's whole thing right um I also i just wanted to say i loved the idea that they called his blood bag feral
0: yeah that's why he's got the muzzle on which is yeah the fucking piece of you see the
1: muzzle he's feral
0: yeah it's i mean that actually goes further to show like them not considering other people humans he's you know a a thing or an animal at best but generally just a thing um what did you say about about joe's did you call it pageantry I didn't call it pageantry, but that's a good word. I think that's... I, substitute I said that flash over substance. Yeah, um, well, a, a, a bit ago I was reading, yeah. I guess just an article that Umberto Eco wrote about fascism. Um, let me find the actual name so I can give it to people in case they want to read it. He grew up in Italy during World War II, and he wrote about fascism in an article that I still can't... Uh, called Ur-Fascism. Uh, you are, and then fascism, which basically means proto-fascism, in 1995, um, where he lists the properties that he believes comprise fascist ideologies. But part of it, part of the that article and the thing I was reading about it, talked about was the pageantry of fascism, um, the pomp, the circumstance, uh, whatever else you uh, think about fascism, or th- whatever else you think about the Nazis, the theatricality of it was kind of impressive. Well, yeah, um, they
1: they portrayed, uh, it, you know, same with the Soviets, you know, same mm-hmm. with any dictatorship, is they mm-hmm. portray a strength with their with their flash and their passion.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so. you can see that here with Joe's entire setup. It's <laughs> bizarre, but at the same time, it's it's especially if you live in a world where, like, you live in this world. This is all pretty impressive, you know. Yeah, yeah, it's. You can kind of see it, him, see them believing that he's some sort of deity, in a sense. It's it's
1: really pretty um, pretty amazing. Uh, so so the the war party starts out, right? They're they're on their way, um, and they're showing Max on the front of the car. And I don't know if you 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 kind of can't hear him that well, actually, but he no, does say a couple things what were you going to say?
0: I was going to say I could I could I sort of heard him mumbling and didn't really hear much of anything he said. I think I put the captions on at this point.
1: Well, so what I thought was hilarious is he looks over and sees somebody driving his car and so he's on the front of this car of this crazy war vehicle with his arms like tied behind his back with a muzzle on his face and mm-hmm. and blood being you know, transfused yeah. out of him, um, and he goes. He's angry that they're driving his car. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> if, if that gives you any idea of uh, how used to post-apocalyptic life Max is, uh, <laughs> he is nonplussed.
0: Yep. <laughs> More concerned about you know the uh, not just not just not just the damage being done to his car, but the fact that someone else is driving it. They yeah. Took Come on. <laughs> That's my car. Take take a man's blood leave his car at least.
1: <laughs> Especially in this world apparently. Yeah. Now, um there was I left this out of the pot notables, but um just even at this point in the movie I I was thinking So, George Miller had a showing of this at the South by Southwest Festival, right? Mm-hmm. And apparently Robert Rodriguez, another director, mm-hmm. went up to him like almost immediately and was like, how the fuck did you film this? Mm-hmm. I have to say, I agree. How on earth did he film this?
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> how did he get this? the designs of these vehicles are incredible. Yeah. But just the constant kinetic energy, how, how did he do it? It's unbelievable. Uh, I, I
0: don't have an answer to that. <laughs>
1: um anyway i just these guys are nuts i i i i can't even imagine filming it i just i just kept thinking about it but so now we're we're driving and they're following the rig you know the war rig that furiosa's driving and we're coming up to this crazy storm mm-hmm. yeah this storm I know, is what, i don't even yeah yeah i was gonna say i'm not sure what it is what it was but i guess it's like a hurricane of a dust storm? Because mm-hmm. it's a I would not want to yeah, it's yeah, I would not want to drive through it. Sorry, I didn't mean to we keep no. starting at the same time. I'm sorry.
0: Oh, that's good. And uh and we're about to get into it, but like they drive into the storm and it's like reality is weird in there, you know? It's like <laughs> not just dusty, because you expect it to be dusty in a sandstorm, but then like like everything is this crazy color, and there's lightning, and it's like
1: Tornadoes. If, yeah,
0: it's 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 the 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 visual inventiveness on display here is just beyond.
1: Yeah, it's uh it it actually is kind of terrifying.
0: Yeah, no, it's it's actually like uh, nerve wracking in a way, but not just because, not for like cheap thrills, but like because it's putting you in this atmosphere that's so you know ridiculous. Yeah, I I
1: what I wrote was. This does not look like a friendly weather event.
0: No, it does. Weather event is an understatement.
1: Yeah. Um, so now we get uh, Nicholas Holt delivering some good lines. What a day. What a lovely day.
0: <laughs> He's all hopped up on I don't fucking know what.
1: <laughs> yeah, but he. I thought he actually delivered it pretty well. And how about everybody that has to be outside of the vehicle during oh. this drive through hell? Oh, I know. <laughs> and Max is strapped in. There's like nothing he can do. He can't cover his face
0: or anything. He's just like, okay, I guess I'll close my eyes. Yeah, they would. I'm pretty sure that would the the dust would pretty severely uh, uh, bright uh, hurt. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there's a better herd for it. Let's just go with hurt. <laughs> um, it would be like when you it would be like using steel dust on you, steel dust, steel uh, wool on yourself. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, yeah, and uh, is this the point where they've like started, you know, souping up the car extra special in order to get it get ahead of the war rig? Because I'm just imagining just being strapped to the front of a vehicle going that damn fast, even absent the the magic lightning and hurricane and stuff and everything. Right. Yeah, I...
1: It's, it's crazy. But they're going after the war rig, right? And um, and I can't right, remember. The, the, there's, like, explosions and stuff, and the, but eventually the car that Max is on, you know, crashes. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, how in the fucking world does he survive that?
0: Oh, I know. That felt like it was... He should have been dead at that point, but whatever. Neither of them are dead.
1: <laughs> I, I know. I You know, and I'm... A, the movie is so good that you're like willing to accept that yeah. you know but like i just was like there's no fucking way he survives that
0: it yeah, could have made it a less bad crash yeah
1: <laughs> i mean at the very least he doesn't survive and go on to be like i'm gonna just continue being a badass
0: you know can that, survive uh... with like two broken legs or something I'm going to remain chained and blooded up to this other guy who I'm going to carry on my shoulders, fireman's carry style. Exactly. He's
1: not just the war boy, but he carries the door to the, the guard. Because right,
0: they're, they're still attached to that. And, yeah. and he's been um, losing blood this entire time. Like, Have you ever given blood and like you're kind of woozy after the end just walking over to the table with the free cookies? like. <laughs> I guess it just goes to show you that they make a tougher breed of person here in the well, I shouldn't call them breeds of person given the way they were, but you perhaps Uh, understand what I mean.
1: And then he, so Tom Hart Max meets the uh Furiosa and the ladies because they're out there like oh, you know, sunbathing
0: (laughs) or whatever, and they're yeah, talk about like this movie with the. The 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 post apocalyptic you know filth and grime and uh, and rust and barely cobbled together everything's and then Max like turns a corner around the uh, the rig and it's suddenly like the fucking you know Aphrodite bathing in the fucking stream or something like that because it's yeah like five supermodels <laughs> <and they're> all, <laughs> like par- only partly dressed wearing like clean white linen draped around them and they're washing themselves off and it's like I can only imagine being like okay either I did die and I don't know what or like I'm hallucinating because this is very it's not only like and I'm not just saying because they're beautiful women it's just bizarre like yeah, right. well did like, you see Tom Hardy's eyes I, yeah I couldn't actually look nuts yeah like, I couldn't tell if it was like a gog or like just what like did i wander into the wrong movie what is this <laughs> it very much felt like
1: he he looked feral actually mm-hmm. well yeah there you he go looked, he so i just walk up on and yeah <laughs> um and all these wives by the way look very young
0: mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. um and i couldn't help but but think like during this part that you know because like, they like turned on the water at one point and, and it's just like going into the ground and everything. I'm like, oh my yeah. God, they're wasting water. Yeah, I was like, oh, I like was getting agitated at the idea that they would <laughs> even consider wasting water in a climate yeah. and environment like this. And then Tom's wasting bullets or magazines. Yeah. They're just shooting you know, to make a point, I guess. Yeah, I mean, he shot eight bullets with mm-hmm. that gun that he ends up getting from Furiosa.
0: Um, also, the chastity belts, mm-hmm. wow, were they disturbing. Yeah, as, as as I'm sure was the point, but geez, with the I guess like tooth-like ad- adornments around, you know, the what would be the person's loins?
1: Yeah, oh, it's like I don't like it. <laughs> I, didn't, I did not like the imagery there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so I read this when I was looking at the potent notables too. Um, not the sequel. Just also, <laughs> I, was say, I don't know this true.
0: Coming this summer,
1: I'm Sylvester Stallone. Um, but I didn't really think much of it because I was like, I don't remember this. But uh, I don't know if you realize this. There's not really any cursing in this. In the whole movie. Yeah. When well, I mean,
0: I'm not. I'm not. I sure didn't I really.
1: I, I didn't like pay attention to it really. But yeah, there was something that said there's not much. Um, there's not really any cursing in it. There's only this one part where the one of the wives calls max a crazy smeg yeah who eats schlanger yeah i remember that and i don't remember what smeg was like a reference to some 1989 made for tv movie in australia or something i don't even i don't even know but schlanger is aussie slang for penis oh yeah yeah so he's a smeg who
0: eats penis (laughs) <laughs> not 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 references either of which I picked up on. <laughs> I just figured it was oh it's it's weird post apocalyptic slang. I don't know. <laughs> no, right. one of them is I think that was the idea. <laughs> idea, that it's from Australia. Mm-hmm. Sorry, you caught me off guard with that one. Uh, <laughs> it's, uh, it's just the hell on earth down there. Have you ever seen it, the spiders? They
1: have. It's that alone. Yeah, live. Yeah, let me tell you something, because I. I have a picture of this thing. I stayed in a treehouse in the rainforest in uh in Australia. And yeah. I it was yeah, it was incredible. But one morning I walked out and there was a grasshopper the size of my hand.
0: <laughs>
1: and I was like, okay, going back in.
0: <laughs> you have like mosquito nets set up because
1: I mean it was like a real I mean it was like a real fancy place we spent a lot of money there oh. actually fun uh fun little anecdote from from that trip from that stay specifically so we're just talking to another guest right and uh <laughs> so she was saying oh yeah we leave tonight we were so the other guest was leaving that night and we were leaving the next night and i was like oh where are you guys going next and oh we're headed to sydney i'm like oh that's where we're headed and she's like oh where will you be staying and i was like and i was like the econo lodge you know mm. i think it was travel lodge i was like travel lodge and then uh she goes no, no. <laughs> just aghast this rich mm. lady that i would stay at such meager um mm. lodging. <laughs> I was yes I like, well <laughs> i was like you and i live i didn't say this but i was like wow so you and i live very different lives anyway i was thinking at this point i'm like you know i think this actually throughout the movie so this is when i decided to write it but my goodness this landscape is beautifully barren mm-hmm. yeah it's a, it's a way to put it all right yeah. <laughs> i mean it's really gorgeous to look at but i can't can you imagine living in it oh yeah i don't know <laughs> um I also really enjoyed the guy that uh i shouldn't say i enjoyed the guy that said this but i enjoy that he said this because at this point i was thinking like this feels very helen of troy or i guess helens of troy in yeah. this case I mean, um, he got but he says all this for a family squabble yeah you know so i was like oh that's kind of what i was thinking um and so you know now we've got like other people are attacking the war rig right um or no it's i think it's i think they've just caught up to them again at this point and they're they're on those big sticks on the top which what a clever like i'm like what are they why are they up so high and then they're like oh they swing them back and forth to, to go over the top of the other vehicles
0: yeah i, I was another thing that There was a lot of things in this that I thought were just, you know, weird visual flourishes, and then a lot of them, surprisingly, ended up having an actual use. Yeah, they were functional,
1: and I was like, oh, all right, except for the guy with the flame guitar. Yeah, that was purely theatrical. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Who looked awful, by the way. It just looked absolutely terrible. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, they, they like, throw essentially, like, kind of fire bombs right down on the Mm -hmm. engine. And then suddenly Furiosa puts down the, the thing into the sand, you know, like the, what do you call it? Um,
0: the cow and, catcher thing? It's not what it's called. But.
1: Yeah. <laughs> oh. What do you call The plow. They, she puts <laughs> the plow down, you know, into the sand, and the sand goes flying up and puts out the fire. Like, uh-huh. What a clever way to, to show how prepared they are for everything, mm-hmm. you know? But I mean, it's just everything is just so fast and frenetic. I mean, it's just like, wow, I, 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 you can't take a breath. Mm-hmm. So now we've got um, the pregnant one is apparently Joe's favorite, right? Yeah. And uh, she, she like uses herself to protect people from Joe,
0: mm-hmm.
1: right? Because she knows that he won't shoot her. Um. And then they almost accidentally kill her, mm-hmm. but then she falls off the rig, and he runs her over.
0: <laughs> yeah, that was
1: yikes! Right,
0: there's was, was a lot of a lot of like emotion because you know he's she's protecting everybody, and then she almost falls off, and then she does fall off, and then he runs her over. It's like wow! And he flips the car to to try
1: to avoid her.
0: Yeah, um, ends up hitting her anyway. Yeah, and then.
1: Uh, you know, she dies, of course, but uh, they they pull that baby out, and then just the way they're dealing with that baby is yeah. gross. Just super-duper gross. We get to meet Larry and Barry. Oh, uh-huh. yeah. yeah right? Which is tumors. Yes. <laughs> In which he drew little eyes and a smiley face on. It's a, it's a good way to bring levity to a difficult situation. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing that I couldn't believe is that that guy was still playing guitar at this point. (laughs) Yeah, I know.
0: He just never runs out. (laughs) Wow. He's got a back catalog of tunes all ready to go. (laughs) Plenty of riffs.
1: And then we got the...
0: Do you have your riffs ready?
1: And we got the guy with severe gout um, (laughs) legs there with the crazy nipple rings.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I don't
1: know. So So he's got... His shirt was the nipples were cut out and then he's got a ring with a chain connecting both nipples and I'm like, what the fuck is happening with this guy? And he's got like a thing like an ornamental nose or something.
0: Yeah, um, it reminded me of Tycho Brahe, the uh, astronomer and mathematician from the 17th century <laughs> and he was, I think <laughs> I don't know if he was Dutch or what I don't remember where he's from, but uh, might have been Danish but he was an astronomer and math, and he, uh, had a bronze nose, I think it was. Was because he lost his nose during a fight with a dog. I don't actually know any of this. <laughs> well, that's staying in. <laughs> I knew. Fe- I knew a lot fewer facts about this than I thought I did. I thought I had this down pat, <laughs> but no. Uh, yeah, he's from. Uh, mm, looks like he was from Scania.
1: Where the fuck is Scania?
0: <laughs> okay, so he's from Scania. But, that was a, he but apparently, he was, well. apparently he was apparently he was Danish, 15, uh, 1546 to sixteen o one, and uh, let's look it up his nose, Tycho's nose, uh, lost his nose part of his nose due to a sword duel, to another person, and um, got a prosthetic, which was uh, made of brass. That's what I first thought of because that uh, looked kind of brass too, and I have a hard time seeing anyone with a prosthetic nose, especially anything metallic, without thinking of him. Well,
1: see, but I didn't know. Was did you think it was like a prosthetic, or did you That's, think it was like decorative?
0: I thought it was a prosthetic, but that might have just been because my mind immediately went to Tycho Brahe, which may not have been the intention at all, as one usually does. Oh, I um, think of him at least once or twice a minute. <laughs>
1: Um, so I, now I was confused. The, the impression that I got was that the, the guy with the nipple rings and the fake nose and everything, and the other guy that's in charge of bullet farm.
0: Yeah. Yeah. They have mentioned at this point that, that they're family, right? Yeah. He's from uh, the gasoline city or whatever it was yeah, called.
1: Gastown. Yep.
0: Which by the way, why do they call it guzzoline sometimes? It's, a, I mean, it's a hilarious thing to call it,
1: but yeah, yeah. I, uh, I didn't actually understand that, but I, you know, they also say
0: that the water is Aquacola. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> God, I didn't notice that. I already noticed it, but I didn't put it together until you just said it. It's basically, you know, reminds me of like an idiocracy kind of situation. Right. <laughs> um,
1: but yeah, they're Joe. I mean, I think they're brothers, right? Uh, is that what they said? I I I don't know. I It's the impression that I got. Maybe I'm wrong. It seemed like they were like brothers and they oh, you know, maybe were each the leaders of their own stupid place. Yeah. Um but so
0: so anyway, with one you know one of the guys goes after Furiosa. Sorry. What? Sorry, but I just I I, I can't imagine I, I what Gas City and Bullet Farm are exactly except for you know uh exactly a what they sound like and, and yeah. but like i don't know if i don't know if the bullet farm is a mine and they like mine whatever lead or something or if it's like just a bunch of scrap metal but it is interesting because the three main settlements there are basically some place where you can get water gas and bullets which are the three things they give a shit about so right well i think I that's didn't, kind of the point yeah i hadn't thought of it until just now is what i mean
1: yeah so now so one of the uh one of the guys decides he's like i'm gonna go after right mm. And he's got the spotlight, and then Furiosa takes like one crazy good shot and shoots right through the spotlight and fucking takes out both of his eyes. Yeah, not really sure what happened there, but it was fun. And it was also crazy because he's like, hold it up to me, hold it up right in front of me, and they're like, mm-hmm. we are. Yeah. Ugh. It, was it took me
0: a second to realize. I like this part as well because uh, Max was trying to take take them out. Was shooting the uh, the you know the long range rifle of some kind. Yeah. And he misses twice, and they mentioned he has only got a few bullets left. And then uh I was thinking to myself, just give it to her. She's clearly a better shot because we've seen her already shooting like you know, deadeye. And uh he actually did hand it to her and she took the shot. Yeah. And I was, was like, I'm cool. glad, I'm glad that this movie was not full of idiots, and you know, Max was willing to say, All right, you're you seem to be a better shot.
1: And I was like,
0: Man, is this the future we're headed toward? Yeah. I, I really that. hope it's not because yeah. I
1: don't want to live in this future. Um, and th- so then you know he's like he he goes he like decides, I'm gonna go get these guys. You guys drive up a little ways, and I'm gonna go take care of them. Mm-hmm. And he comes back, and he's got their he's comes back, and he's got their blood all over him. Mm-hmm. Which I'm like, I I wish I could have seen that scene because it seems like it would have went pretty cool. Well, um, I actually really loved that we didn't see it because it was like. Oh, no. It was great for the story and the filmmaking yeah. that we didn't. I just yeah. meant like... It would know, have been
0: cool. It would have been cool. Yeah. <laughs> but it is just... It's, it's so like gives you an air of... It's just... It's, it's, it's the most badass possible thing you could do, which is stay behind and then come back covered in blood. Just like, oh, took care of them. And it's like, alrighty. <laughs> I also like that he doesn't say that it's not his blood. Yeah, she does. just <laughs>
1: like, it's not his blood. Mm-hmm. Um, he doesn't say so, much. No, he doesn't say much, but then he's like, what is this? Right? Cause he's mm-hmm. like, cause he wants to clean off his face and they're like, it's mother's milk. Like, what? what oh, yeah. the world!
0: So the idea of clean, <laughs> <laughs> there are only a few liquids that the body really produces. And that's two of them. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: also, I'm, I couldn't help. I'm watching this and I'm thinking, when was the big blow up? Like what scene were they filming? Mm-hmm. when, you know, they, like, went at each other. Because they had a lot of scenes together, you mm-hmm. know? Um, anyway, I have to say that Charlie's and Tom don't have the greatest chemistry in the scene where they're both in the rig, in the cab. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like it actually was affecting their acting a little bit. It seemed yeah. very stilted at times.
0: Yeah, it did, in fact. I was wondering if it was just how how they were playing the characters or what but. so
1: um <laughs> so then they come up and uh <laughs> they come up to this i don't know old windmill type thing i don't even know what to call it but uh there's a naked woman up there and tom hardy's like that's bait mm-hmm. um and i'm just thinking like so her, her job is just hang out up there naked All day. (laughs) It's like what she does.
0: Where do I apply?
1: But, you know, Furiosa gets out and is like, I'm, you know, this is my mommy and, you know, (laughs) this
0: stuff. (laughs) Um, And they're like... Basically, I am Furiosa, daughter of Furioso. (laughs)
1: Um, Well, what I thought was funny is like, so she was kidnapped, right? Uh But the and the, and i felt like the names that she was saying were like kind of more normal like my mom's name is dawn and <laughs> you know um and so they go up there like you're you're furiosa you're Probably. our furiosa i'm like oh so they actually named her furiosa yeah evidently <laughs> so uh yeah all right i guess it wasn't given by her kidnappers but um so this is where she finds out that there is no green place. Like,
0: you know. Yeah, they've already gone through it and it's that nasty, you know, muck of swamp. Right. Which had again one of the most visually interesting bits of the movie that I just was like floored by because like I, f- I felt like every time you turned around there was something inventive and interesting to look at. Like they're going through this swampy area, it's the middle of the night. It, there's crows around. It's really creepy and disgusting. And then there are those people walking on four-legged stilts, you know? Yeah. <laughs> there are people yeah. walking on stilts, but they're on their arms and legs. So they, so they look like weird giant creatures. And uh, it's to keep them out of the muck and everything. But goodness. But just, just wanted to mention that as being one of my favorite little visual scenes.
1: Yeah, it was really cool. But... So we're actually going going to go into what I thought was one of the best visual scenes. Mm. And that is when she finds out that this green place doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. And she walks up onto the dune and the wind is sweeping the sand off of it. And mm-hmm. you just see like the, the oranges and yellows and the, mm-hmm. I mean, it was, it was amazing. It's just so stunning. Yeah. Extremely. Um, And I was I was sort of struck by because so we had this old woman that was talking about the seeds you know mm-hmm. and how like oh we just had them all the time it was no big deal um, so if it, we're not that far removed from this apocalypse because mm-hmm. yeah. she was alive before there was one right
0: Mm-hmm. but um, we still never get any information about what exactly caused it
1: I know which I, know. I
0: mean I mean it's obvious enough to guess but there was that line when. Um, they were kicking Nicholas Holt out of the car and he was uh, or the rig, I guess it's not really a car. Um, and he was saying it's not our fault or something like that. And they said, well, who killed the earth? And they kick him. And I was like, hmm,
1: well, they were really saying cool. that about Joe.
0: Yeah. 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 I, yeah. I meant to, I meant yeah. to mention that. <laughs> but yeah,
1: yeah. I, yeah. I know that was, uh, I mean, I would like, to, I am very curious. I, I would love to find out more, which Shows that it was a good movie, because I'm like, yeah,
0: the, I want to so, learn more. There's so many things that, like, wet your appetite, and you're just like, oh, man, like, a good, a good work will do that, and especially if it's, you know, supposed to be one of many. You'll be like, oh, oh, tell me more, and you're on the edge of your seat.
1: Right, exactly.
0: Like how George Costanza says to leave people wanting more. After he <laughs> says something funny, he just walks out of the room.
1: Yep. <laughs> so the second episode, you've said that. It's clearly made an impact on you, so. I feel like um, I should leave now. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. <Goodbye. laughs> um, so, yeah, so we're not. So. I was like, I mean, even this like little scene here where she finds out that there's no green place and everything. It, it lasts. It doesn't feel like it lasts that long, right? You're mm-hmm. like as the audience, you're like, OK, I can take a breath. But then you're right back into it. Cause he goes and chases them down, and he's like, "Okay, we gotta go back. We're mm-hmm. gonna go back and take them out." It's just it, this movie does not let you take a breath. No, it doesn't. You're, no relaxing. And I'm just
0: like, "How did they do the practical effects for this?" Yeah,
1: it's incredible. I like
0: how. <laughs> I mean, I, 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 I this is actually one of the few movies I'd be interested in seeing some making of material. Usually, I don't give a shit, but.
1: Yeah, I would be too. I just cuz I don't know how I mean how many stunt men died on this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All I, don't them. Them. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um so I don't remember do you remember there was somebody who had like this really creepy like baby on the back of his helmet?
0: Yeah, that? I, think I, I think I do remember that.
1: Really freaked me out, um, but yeah. So now they're 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 in the midst of like trying to go back to the citadel, uh-huh. and um, you know Joe realizes what they're doing. They're like, they know it's not defended. We gotta go. <laughs> you know, they're <laughs> going after them, and yeah, um, got some you know crazy crazy action scenes here, but uh, all pretty much all of the mothers. You know the many mothers or whatever die. I actually mm. was surprised
0: when there was one left. I was like, "Oh, there's actually one left." Did, it did exactly the same here. I actually was sort of counting, and I thought that they were all gone, including <laughs> including several of the younger ones. So I was kind of sad that they gave their lives, but you know,
1: I know I was too. I was like, I would have liked to have seen them make it, but yeah, like I get that you you're you're actually introducing these characters so that there can be some loss. Mm-hmm. So that it's not completely unbelievable that just like everybody makes it, you know. Yeah. Um. But so so now we we've, we're gonna finally see uh, Joe eat it, right? Mm-hmm. Because he's got uh, is that Zoe Kravitz, by the way? Yeah, I thought so. So we got Zoe Kravitz up in the front with uh with Joe, and she just like. W- I can't, what did she, how did she rip off the mask? Was she like um, ripped his face off?
0: From what I'm remembering, and I don't, you know, it, it happens kind of quickly. Most of the editing in this movie is done very coherently. So, like, it's not like shaky cam craziness action that you don't know what's going on. But this right. part actually occurred fast enough that I was a little mixed up as well. I had thought that Furiosa grabbed onto it with her mechanical arm maybe that's what it was
1: and then and then yeah and then zoe just grabs the wheel i couldn't remember exactly how it happened but yeah it was
0: gruesome and uh yeah and i don't know why actually the mechanical arm got maybe she it was connected to something and the whole the whole shebang got ripped out including part of his face oh that's right
1: because her arm goes flying off too Mm
0: -hmm. but beyond that i'm actually not sure i followed it either
1: (laughs) well it was gross (laughs) yeah But you know, so, but the, but Furiosa gets really seriously hurt, and I was actually surprised at how touched I was feeling by him giving her his blood.
0: Mm-hmm. It's
1: like, oh wow, this is like, I don't know why I'm so like, oh, this is really nice.
0: Mm-hmm. See, that's and what it, Tom Hardy should have done to make up between him and Charlize Theron. Yeah, he maybe.
1: Well, they said by the end of it they were on good terms, um, which is interesting i i guess it'll be i'll be curious to find out if they're both in furiosa or if yeah. they made furiosa so that she wouldn't have to be
0: in a movie with tom hardy yeah that wouldn't that would be fun but anyway um, yeah it's uh it's we we know already that he's a universal donor right so it, you know, just little... right exactly and precip uh, not precipitously um fortunately he was able he hung on to the tubing that that they did the blood transfusion with i noticed that earlier in the movie that he still had that plastic tubing like tied up to his jacket
1: oh right and, yeah i noticed that too that he was like had folded it up like he was
0: a nurse yeah <laughs> I, I assumed at the time when i saw it that well they probably just don't let anything go to waste because who knows if it'll come in handy oh that's a good point actually that is a
1: I, you know i didn't when i saw it i thought that's kind of silly that, mm. that they did they that but now them. but now that you said that 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 actually makes a lot of sense
0: that was my yeah um just nice little filmmaking bit Then it's like don't forget he's the universal donor we already told you that
1: i i also thought it was amazing that we were an hour and fifty minutes into the movie before the first time we actually hear his name is max
0: yeah, I know. We forgot to mention, but they've been calling him either blood bag or the one time that furious said he won't tell her his name, so she calls him fool. Oh, that's right. <laughs> when I yell out "fool," drive yeah. or whatever, and he's sort of he's um, really like, that. but yeah, but then finally someone says Max. They don't even say Mad, although they've said that you know he's crazy already.
1: And it, but his name is in the title. It's just wild <laughs> to me. <laughs> um. So they go back and they 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 take the citadel, right? They show mm-hmm. Joe's dead, right? And everybody kind of is really happy about it. And they're like, and then he got his 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 you know his deformed child who's yeah. like kind of freaked out now, like, oh shit,
0: yeah, pretty much. Because uh, <laughs> I can't defend myself, so what are you gonna do with me? It depends on how nice he was. I think I'm not sure. <laughs> um, if, he was, if he was nice enough, I'd let him live personally.
1: Yeah, well, I uh, I actually, uh, when we were getting to that part, when we were getting to that part, I was like, in my head, I remembered them like just throwing him off the cliff. Mm. But I guess that didn't happen.
0: (laughs) I I, I don't know why that's why what I thought happened. (laughs) I feel like that's my uh, happens a lot in my life. I guess that didn't happen. I, (laughs) I remembered this, but no, I guess not. But, uh, yeah, so Furiosa kind of takes over, right? And Max Mm -hmm. leaves. And I thought, why doesn't Max stay? Yeah, well, he's a wanderer. You know, he's the road warrior. Lone wolf. He's his own man. He's the man who wanders. He's the man with no name. If you're waiting for more, I don't have any (laughs) more.
1: I just just figured I'd let you keep going. (laughs) Um, I mean, but it actually makes sense for, uh, you know, for the last that the end quote Mm -hmm. right which i thought was really cool where must we go we who wander this wasteland in search of our better selves Mm -hmm. the first history of man i just think it's neat because it's like you know we're we're like in this view of the world you're rewriting the history Mm of man right yeah
0: so i thought that was cool all right well that's it that's the whole movie um, we described every last part of it. You know, there's nothing you don't know. <laughs> kind of true, right? Yeah.
1: So let's let's get into the let's get into the rank. Oh, A rank.
0: What are our categories?
1: Well, we we rank the movie based on ten categories, which are story, acting, originality, film coherence, cinematography score slash soundtrack, script structure and dialogue, character relatability, production value, and timelessness. So um, we rank it on a scale of 1 to ten, one being the worst, 10 being the best. And uh, Zach, you get to start this one. First category is
0: story. What do you got for it? It's story in 8.75. I thought about going higher, but I decided that the story itself, I could see not working for some people. Because just because of the fact that it's a little circular and not much happens aside from road warring. Road wars. Um, <laughs> road Wars. When you think about it, um, they leave the citadel and then they go back into, they go into the desert and then they're back. So but it works for me because of the the, the idea that this is like wandering, you know, they're kind of aimless. You don't really know what to do. Um the twist about it, you know, the twist, I guess you can call it a twist, uh, about the fact that the green place is no more, is effective, and then, like, the fact that they're like, I guess we'll keep going, and then Max comes up with the plan to go back, that all worked for me, but I could see for some people it being like, well, that was a big nothing. But <laughs> uh, So, I'll be honest, I gave it an eight and a half, and I,
1: I felt almost the exact I I don't know if there was any difference in how I felt <laughs>
0: from what you said because we've been doing this for too long. We're just <laughs> the exact same <laughs> ratings for everything.
1: But you know, it's really simple and it's mm-hmm. well, but it's well constructed, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's really well done. But like you said, it's essentially they leave and then they come back. Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously, it's more than that because it's really, it's really the overthrow of tyranny, mm-hmm. right? That's what the story is. Um, so it's a story that could be a period piece or a fantasy like Game of Thrones style or sci-fi Star Wars style,
0: but it's yeah, in a post-apocalyptic future instead. I mean, it's the... Yeah, you could have slotted this into any of those and just changed the, it's the right. spaceships instead. You're right. But but, I'd but the that. idea here is really just like overthrow of Tyrion. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, if I can speak to that really quickly, I was... Back when this came out, I heard about it getting some pushback on the internet from people who suck um really yeah like for it being too feminist i assume because women exist. oh my god
1: didn't. give me a fucking break
0: exactly but actually i do think it was it is interesting because it's the overthrow of this and i i hate to say patriarchal but it is a patriarchal society in that it's extremely imposed from the top down and the lower people are treated like chattel and um
1: and administered by a man
0: And administered by a man, yeah, um, because might is right here, as you can imagine, you know. It takes very little breakdown in the social order for that to be the only thing that matters, and it's sort of the only thing that matters a lot of the time for us. And uh, it's really just like saying, you know, these women don't have to be sex slaves, and the people don't need to be serfs, and the, you know, like, you can't own people, they say several times, and it's like, it's weird that that's a controversial thing to say, I guess, in a movie in 2016, but whatever. So here's the thing that annoys
1: me about that is when, you know, the whole might is right thing, like, yes, mm-hmm. you're right. That that has happened historically, mm-hmm. right? However, when we were first civilized before, you know, when we first started, you know, planting gardens, mm-hmm. right? Um, we uh, We lived in a balance. Right. So men did this. Women did that. It was equal. It wasn't about one was better than the other. It was just that they you both have different roles for survival, which is why I get annoyed at the at the like the idea that, you know, like, oh, well, you know, men should run the world because we're bigger. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, well you're,
0: that's, your that's brain a, isn't
1: you fucking moron
0: evidently not um that was a pitch perfect uh impersonation of those those types by the way just <laughs> they walk into rooms all rotundly like that's exactly that and it's usually a bunch of really
1: small dick guys too yeah they're just
0: so tiny just um well you can be tiny but
1: with a big dick and you don't act like that well, you know, some that's people
0: exact. have some, some, some people have big dick energy outside of their actual actual appendages.
1: Well, let's go to the next category, um, which is acting. Yep, and uh, that's me. So I gave acting a nine. Mm. I actually thought the acting was pretty fantastic. Nobody really took me out of it, but I did feel like Charlize and Tom at times weren't up to their ability. Mm-hmm. and i do wonder if their feud might have been detrimental to this you know
0: mm-hmm.
1: not that they were at all bad they mm-hmm. really weren't bad but there were just a few times where it didn't feel like they were all there you know what i mean uh-huh. um especially when they were having to interact with each other it felt very like <laughs> stilted at times
0: absolutely but uh what, what do you have for it i uh gave it an eight um so a little bit lower but i i agree um I've seen both Charlie's Theron and, and Tom Hardy uh, be better, right? But not a ton better. And I th- the characters were written to be, you know, sort of uh, uh, taciturn, I suppose, and and stoic, and, and yeah. yeah. So I mean, I'm not sure there was a heck of a lot more they could have done, but they they could have, I think, had more chemistry. You're right. Um, and everyone else was perfectly good. Um, I was surprised that he didn't cast more Australian people. Um, like, neither of the lead roles are Australian. Neither of them, you know, I think Charlize is a South African. Right.
1: She's South African and he's British.
0: Yeah. So, um, I know, you know, cause I, I'm just saying that cause I know he's Australian and the first one at least was filmed in Australia and Mel Gibson is Australian. So I just, is he
1: though? Cause he was,
0: I think he was he born, was born in Peak skin. Think, Yeah. But, uh, but he grew on the ground. People talked about him being Australian. But, uh, everyone was fine. I was surprised at how, um, I didn't know several of the actors who played the wives um i knew zoe kravitz and she's usually she, she, she's i think been... they were actually models weren't they yeah but at least uh rosie there was a model and i i thought she was actually surprisingly good yeah i thought they were all pretty good yeah, yeah. I, and i'm not saying like they're horrible it's just when you're not a professional actor sometimes right it can come through yeah but yeah. uh yeah so uh, nobody was I mean, this movie must have had 50,000 stuntmen, you know? And stuntmen. I know. It's unbelievable. It's crazy. So, really, everybody who appears on screen, I got to give some credit to. <laughs> it's a little bit like What's His Face from Cliffhanger, who did the stunts. Oh, oh
1: yeah. What was his name?
0: I can't remember, but uh, what if. He I deserved... want to say
1: John Long because it's the only name I think of when we talk about Cliffhanger.
0: <laughs> That's if Frank Dukes uh, came up with the idea for a movie, he also did all the stunts. <laughs> Um, he's like I was also Jean Claude Van Damme's butt double. Um, but yeah, whatever. He deserves like you know four stars for the stunt work, and so does this movie. So,
1: well, let's go to the next category: mm-hmm. um, originality. What do you have for that?
0: You might be surprised. Okay, but I gave it a ten. Wow, I don't, I don't know. I haven't seen any other Mad Max Road Warrior, Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome movie. I haven't either. And uh people might be like, oh come on, post apocalyptic isn't isn't that original. Um gasoline being rare isn't original, the world being irradiated isn't original. I mean, I play I play Fallout games a lot, which I thought of a lot in this, and I kept thinking, fuck, I hope they added vehicles to the next Fallout, because Jesus Christ, I want to do this. Um <laughs> So, like, none of that's really that original at all. Between the fact that I don't see many movies that are like this, I've played several video games, well, and there's probably plenty of books, whatever, and added to the fact that this was so visually inventive. Like, every time I turned, there was something new that I've never seen before. And I give movies a lot of credit when they show me something I've never seen before, I feel.
1: Yeah, it's hard to do after 100 years of movies.
0: Yeah. So uh, between those, I just I said fuck it and gave it a ten, which I think is my first ten. So
1: it is your first ten. I I kind of feel shitty about mine now, but uh, (laughs) I gave it a one. I gave it an eight point two five. Not bad. (laughs) No, it's not bad, but I'm like, oh shit, we're on a ten. I mean, I just basically the 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 things that you listed were Mm -hmm. what I was saying. Like it's an action movie, it's Mm -hmm. a dictator overthrow movie, it's post apocalyptic. Um, but the uniqueness, you know, the originality is in the style of action that it applies.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: I mean, it's one long chase scene. Yeah, essentially. Um, and it's very unique. It's, it's a very unique way to tell a story and it forces the filmmakers to tell the story through kinetic action as opposed to dialogue exposition. So Mm -hmm. in that way, I thought it was incredibly original. Mm -hmm. Um, and I mean, you're right. You don't see anything like this. So, you know, Maybe I went too low, but I, I think we're still still, no, no. You know, I think we're still kind of feeling this out after four movies, so uh, we'll see. But, but anyway, the next category is film coherence, and uh, I gave that a nine and a half. Mm -hmm. I cannot think of anything that should have been removed. Um, The only thing that I that I took some points off for is that I would have liked a little bit more backstory. not not even a ton, but just like a little bit more understanding of what what's going on in the world, like mm. why they are where they are, and specifically Max. You know, yeah. because they they show like these clips, and I'm like, I, I I get that, like by context, we need to understand that these that this little girl is important to him. But I don't think I don't think it's his daughter because I'm pretty sure she calls him Max. She doesn't call him Dad. Yeah. So like, who is she to him? And I know it's like maybe a little bit Nicky picky, but it was enough to say that it wasn't perfect. You know? Yeah. Other than that though, I mean, incredible pacing, coherence, just from scene to scene without letting off the gas and without losing the audience, just exceptionally well done.
0: Mm -hmm. And what about you? I uh, gave it a nine. Um, All, all basically the same, except I actually feel like the action scenes and a lot of the, uh, a lot of the car stuff, was filmed and everything just a little bit better than some of the slower scenes um enough i, I could see that i could see that it, somehow some of the the more emotionally weighty and dramatic scenes just didn't work quite as well as some of the action so i don't know but that's that's like just a weird feeling i had and uh i actually did not consider the fact that we did do that happen a lot of because like we never we go so little into what these flashbacks of his are these uh, you know nightmares he's having and everything and hallucinations I like I, like you said I get it I understand what it's supposed to be but like we got nothing and right you know it's not even like he's carrying around a trinket of some kind that he holds whenever he thinks of this and Furiosa goes oh what's that he says it's my daughter's and that's that you know right you can get exactly something. I'm not I'm not saying that it had to be that but usually we'd get something. Right. And, you know, there's something
1: to be said for not showing that, right? I mean, mm-hmm. I, I get that. I, I like that he, he being George Miller, was very much not like, I need to hold everybody's hand, mm-hmm. right? Um, trust the audience to to follow the story and everything. But it, mm-hmm. I, do, I do feel like it's hard to relate, which we'll get to later, um, to his his, you know, PTSD, I guess, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. without having any sort of information on it.
0: Yeah, and there were just a couple of uh, scene transitions that felt weirdly clunky to me, and those all occurred outside of action, so.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, the, the next category is cinematography. I am really curious what you gave
0: that one. Mm-hmm. That's you. Oh, do I go first for this one? Yep. I gave it a, a nine point eight because it just seemed higher than nine point seven five, but not quite ten. Um, I thought it was just excellent and masterful the entire thing. It was a, a joy to look at, and that is in between just like more, more uh, still frames where it's like you know just the magnificent desert or just wasteland. Some of this um, to the to the way that they put together all of the action sequences. It was like. You could watch it on mute; it would be interesting.
1: Yeah, it's funny that you say nine point eight because it's a little bit higher than nine point seven five. Because I gave it a nine point seven
0: five.
1: <laughs> um, but yeah, the cinematography was just beautiful, like you said. I lo- I loved it. Um, mm-hmm. I, so I and I know I mentioned this already in our movie overview, but I mean that scene where Furiosa is lamenting the loss of the idea that was her mm-hmm. home while standing on top of the sand dune. I mean, it's just. It's just gorgeous. I just feel mm-hmm. like there were so many moments I mean, what was so impressive is to have all these moments that are absolutely gorgeous in a movie that n- just never stops.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So it's it's really just so impressive. I I'm just it's very I, Absolutely. To the point where I'm like, well, why didn't I give it a ten? But you
0: know. yeah, I thought about giving it a ten and you didn't. So yeah.
1: Well, okay. So the next category is score slash soundtrack. And I gave that one a nine point two five. So, if you're <laughs> if listeners at home are following, keeping score, following along, you know, mm-hmm. um, you'll notice that this is the first time I've actually given anything higher than like an eight for score <laughs> and soundtrack. Yeah. Um, but I actually really like the soundtrack. I uh, or this, you know, the score. And I'm not like a thrash heavy, whatever kind of metal you want to <laughs> call it, type of guy. Um, but there's obviously more than that, you know, w- what I thought was really excellent about the score was the way it kept the audience from taking a breath while the film was giving us a rare slower moment, you mm-hmm. know, because every breath was filled with dread and the score like really showed that like it really got that for you. Mm-hmm. So every like moment where you're like, okay, it's slowed down, but then the music starts like building, and you're like, oh fuck, something's about to happen. Yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway, what did you what you give it?
0: Well, I gave it an eight because I couldn't remember any instance of a partic- score, particularly just except for you know the guitar stuff and the war drums. But um, so I figured, well, it wasn't very memorable either way since I don't remember any of it. But. Um, so I just went with eight. But now that you mention it, maybe that's actually a good thing since I, it, the score isn't supposed to distract you. It's supposed to contribute to the overall experience. And maybe the score was like leading me along emotionally in a way that I wasn't even aware of. And it deserves higher. I'm, I'm just going to stick with eight though, because I honestly don't remember much except for, I, I liked you saying that you're not much of a uh, thrash or metal kind of, and like, I think that's obvious because I don't think anyone who was would have would <laughs> would have would have called it that. And I'm just saying that from guessing because I don't know what, what to call it. <laughs> so, but I do know heavy metal people tend to be very, like, very into their classifications.
1: I know. I, I know.
0: Um, yeah,
1: you no. know, it's... Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I was going to say
0: they're like biologists, you know, classifying. <laughs> them, you know? you
1: yeah. know, it's funny because... Um, that's that's been one of the more difficult parts of of doing the the oscar ones Mm -hmm. i feel like the the action movies are very they're a lot simpler to uh to Mm -hmm. to rank yeah um there's so much more i need to pay attention to while i'm watching the movie for this Mm -hmm. um and i was i i've been making uh making a concerted effort while i'm watching it to like to try to pick up on things and not just get swept away in it which is really difficult with good movies. So. Yeah,
0: and it was particularly difficult in this movie where you get swept away in the action without trying. Yeah, exactly.
1: Um, but anyway, the next category, which is you, is mm-hmm. script structure and dialogue.
0: Well, that, that was a really difficult one for me. I did 8.25, um, but I found it very difficult because there isn't a heck of a lot of dialogue at all. Right. Um, I mean, some characters talk more than others, but I wouldn't call this a dialogue-heavy movie. Um, I guess the dialogue <laughs> that they do, like mention that's uh, you know that's exposition, like giving little hints into the world and the the background without giving it away, was handled deftly, and that it interests interests you, but it doesn't like spell it out. Um, but that's at the same point. time, with the, the script structure part is basically just the story again and uh the structure like we said with the story was just there and back again uh so all of that together was sort of 8.25 ish area for me but i you know i might go up depending on what you say
1: well i gave it an eight and a half um so i would i was yeah i was was feeling kind of similar there wasn't a ton of dialogue right yeah but at times when there was it did kind of feel a little forced Mm -hmm. not all the time just sometimes um the scene structure was incredible mm-hmm. and the world building was excellent. So you really get the ethos of the Citadel and their allies, gas and yeah. bullet farm. And it, it's amazing that they do it while never slowing down for exposition. Mm-hmm. So, you know, yeah, I'm right there with you. I think that it, the structure of it, incredible dialogue is kind of ho-hum, right? Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So the next category is character relatability and i give this a seven and a half Mm -hmm. um this is a really hard category actually for the especially Mm. for this type of movie because like how do you relate to people in these kind of extreme circumstances yeah um it's also hard to kind of hard at least for me to relate to the idea that you just can't trust anyone yeah um however The acting is good enough. The world building is done well enough that it allows you to like relate to the characters and show some empathy. I think the best way I can describe why this isn't higher for me is that the pregnant woman dies. Mm -hmm. And for me, it was just a plot point. Mm -hmm. Like it didn't cause the kind of empathy that one would expect from a moment like that.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: So that's, that's where I came from. But
0: what, 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 what about you? I gave it an eight. Um, all pretty much this is boring because we're just kind agreeing. of agreeing yeah, <laughs> yeah but um like you said it's not a situation that i can relate to they they paint it effectively um but still there were definite moments you know when like tom hardy i'm sorry backs was was uh initially gonna take the truck i'm like you know he could just be like i'm not here to hurt you can you help me and i'm like why is not he saying why is he not saying that and then it, you know, it didn't take me long to realize, oh, basically, you can't say that to anyone out in this this wasteland. You know, people will, you know, this isn't right, like a- but it's
1: hard to relate to that feeling. It's hard
0: to relate to, exactly. And yeah. yeah, I mean, there's a universality to like, you know, oppression and, um, right, and exploitation and suffering. Uh, but it's definitely not like everyone's been in this situation, right? Exactly. <laughs> right. Well, not here at least. I don't know
1: well um the next category is production value so what do you have for that one
0: Uh, this is another one you might be surprised about because i gave it a 10. i i I can't imagine anything i mean this had a large budget you know what i mean it had had what uh what i don't know ten and a half times robot jocks budget and you could tell so (laughs) Um. um I Even don't know the robot look-
1: jocks would have uh, would have done <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what they needed to with that with
0: that budget, but it'd be hard not to. But like at the same time, I can only imagine them, you know, spending it on jumpsuits. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, I th- like ev- I mean, you couldn't have improved anything from the from just the filmmaking aspect, and then also like I don't know who they paid to sit in fabricating shops and build all of this stuff, but they did an incredible job. So whoever those people are, they deserve to get whatever they got for it, unless they didn't get enough, in which case they deserve more. <laughs> um.
1: So I'm actually not that surprised by that because I also gave it a 10. Okay. Because <laughs> I mean, wow. I basically, yeah. you you said everything that I was going to say. I don't even really know what else to say other than wow. Yeah. Um, but I mean, if you're going to spend $150 million, it should be a 10, right? Yeah, so, yeah i mean kudos to saying to taking the budget that you've got and making the absolute what it's sh- what you should make with that amount of money mm. um so yeah i'm right there with you well so let's just go on to the next category it's timelessness and this is like the, the hardest fucking
0: category i know I'm like <laughs> mad at us for creating this one <laughs> it's, um so hard unless it's like already timeless you know right
1: exactly um so I gave it an eight point three. Mm-hmm. It's just so hard to know, right? But the so you got the original Mad Max: The Road mm-hmm. Warrior, is what it's, you know the title mm-hmm. of the movie. But it, it's still in the cultural lexicon, mm-hmm. though I will say it, I think it has been fading. Yeah, um, I do wonder if the same will be said about this film. You know, mm-hmm. I can't think of any action movie like it. But the fact that it's kind of a, a reboot, I, I don't know. I I don't know that it will be able to completely extract itself from the original.
0: You Mm -hmm. know what I
1: mean? So I, I think that takes away from its ability to be timeless. Um, But it's just so damn good. Yeah. I could see, I could see it being able to just because it's so freaking good. And you wonder like, will the, will the sequels that are eventually coming out, will they sap some of the timelessness of the original or will they increase it? Hmm. You know, I guess it just depends on how good they are.
0: But Time will tell.
1: Yeah. So anyway, what what do you have for it?
0: I uh, gave it a nine. Um, I agree with everything you said, uh, except, not except, because I still agree with it. But um, when you mentioned, you know, that the, there are originals and this is a reboot, the fact that, as you pointed out, sort of, I feel like you don't run into a bunch of people who are really into Mad Max or anything like that. Yeah. I d I don't know if it's just because they came out, you know, I think the first one came out in the late seventies. Um I don't know I think if it's, it's 79, just seventy nine, yeah, I think you're right. And it just hasn't stuck around quite the same way like something like Star Wars has. Um and then the fact that I think a lot of movies that Mel Gibson was in just sort of people aren't interested in watching them all the time anymore.
1: Right. Which yeah, which is another another piece to this, right? You never mm-hmm. you never know what's gonna happen to somebody that's in like big involved
0: in this, in this film that mm-hmm. is going to kind of hurt it. So uh, yeah, but um, I think that actually almost helps it in my mind because anybody who likes the idea of Mad Max and the, the every, the look of it and the, the, the stories and everything doesn't have to now go back and watch the thing with Bill Gibson if they, they don't want to.
1: Actually, that's, that is an excellent point. Yeah, that's a good point.
0: Um, because they
1: rebooted it, right? I mean, mm-hmm. It's a, it's not it's not even the same story, mm-hmm. but it's just you're taking a character and making a new story, but it's the same
0: mm-hmm. uh,
1: world, as, at least as far as far as I know it is
0: anyway. Yeah. So anyway, <laughs> that was the rank, indeed. It is ranked. Consider yourself ranked. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. So we've we've uh, officially ranked Mad Max: Fury Road. Uh, I assume you'd like to hear how it ended up. It got a cumulative total between the two of us of 177.35, which puts it in second. Oh, second after Brooklyn. Yeah, Brooklyn's still number one. You know, Bridge like of Brooklyn. Spies, number three, Big Short, number four. Which is funny because I like the Big Short a lot.
0: I guess that's the way this is going to be. You yeah, I mean? this,
1: We're going to like all these movies for the yeah. most part. I'm sure there's going to be somewhere like that's not good. Um, <laughs> How'd that sneak in there? Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean at least it's not the golden globes because we definitely have more of those, like the tourist anybody.
0: Yeah, I don't I don't need to do that one. Um <laughs> I think this is my favorite so far. You think what's I think this was my favorite of the movies we've watched so far. Well, let's see. Let's take a look at your rankings. Uh no. Oh, nope. did I get Brooklyn higher?
1: In Brooklyn a little bit higher, yeah. It's uh point seven five higher.
0: I uh I believe it. I I i think i'm not you know it's it's i'm glad well, I I'm mean, not in the it could be your
1: favorite role. but you're just cat the categories have chosen that's true That's true. You
0: know? this this will be interesting to see how it ends up as far as action movies you know
1: oh i know i'm very excited to, to do this again for action movies actually we're gonna need we're gonna need some time before mm-hmm. we get back to it because mm-hmm. um, i don't want it to be super fresh when i do
0: mm-hmm. it
1: yeah. um but yeah uh i'm i the whole time i'm like oh my god i can't wait to do chase and fight scenes right yeah I know <laughs> <laughs> um and action sequences all right well anyway um thank you all for listening or just you if it's just one or i don't know <laughs> thank hopefully you there's an Singular. all <laughs> yeah <laughs> hopefully there's an all um now if you'd like to see an updated list of our rankings Um, You can see that on our website at therankwithjohnandzack.com. Check it out next week when we're ranking The Martian, the 2015 Best Picture nominee starring Matt Damon, directed by Ridley Scott. Thank you again and goodbye.
0: And we'll see you further down the Fury Road.